The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I just want to say, and that's, that's really the most important thing that I didn't understand at that time that I, I understood later, is how fortunate I was to be able to do what I was doing and you know I think when you're young and you're successful and people are kissing your butt and you know telling you everything you do is great you don't appreciate it and you don't really have gratitude for it in the moment and and that's you know people ask all the time like what is what is the best advice you can give to an actor just starting out and that is Honestly, that maybe is the most important thing, is just to approach everything with with gratitude and appreciate every moment. Because, you know, once I, I started not working as much, uh, I really started to understand how lucky I was. We've all been put here for a reason, and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to judging Megan. Hello. So I have a very, I don't know if I would say exciting show today, but I have talked a lot about my husband on this show. I've brought him up pretty much since the beginning. We have been together for a very, very long time. We are currently on vacation right now in Mexico. So we have quite the view. We are recording in separate rooms. And I just am so excited to have him on. Hi, Ron. Uh, I, I mean, you started off with an insult, so I'm not sure how excited I am. <laughs> so everyone, I am going to introduce my just like amazing husband. He's so handsome. He's so fabulous. I love him so much. He's always <laughs> nice. Hashtag blessed. We're so in love. I, did, I, did, I actually like this because this is literally the only time you'll ever say anything nice about me. Yeah, probably yeah. true, but not Thank true. You. So, Ron, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I know that you're very busy on vacation, and this I had is, to pull you off. This of- is delaying my beach time, but what are we going to do? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, we just decided to record. I wanted to be able to give you guys an episode this week. And what better time than to record and introduce you guys to my husband? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get into it, Ron. Um, Ron and I have been together for 20 years of our life. That's a really long time, huh? Yes. <laughs> you sound so thrilled and excited. Very, very long. It's over 20 years now. Yeah, it's over 20 years. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna interview you, honey. So I want to find out. Like, can you tell my audience about your early what life? Makes me tick. Yeah. What is your question? I just want to find out about your life. <laughs> I'm going to tell my audience a little bit about what you do and who you are, but I want to find out from your perspective. Just tell me about your early years, where you're from. My, Go into it. Early into years it. and where I'm from. Um, I, I was born and raised in Southern California in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, most of my life in West Covina. I, I had pr- as close to a perfect, happy childhood as one can get. Um, you know, both, both sets of grandparents were around and, and there for much of my life and, and childhood. And my parents are still together after, golly, uh, like 50 years, I think, at this point. Um, you know, and I did the normal suburban LA, you know, things that one does. It could have been, I could have grown up in any state in the country living in the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like very, um, it's very like suburbia. It's It's not, it's like, you know, we're, we've been talking a little bit about stranger things, this vacation. It's like, you know, the mall, the stranger things, you've never seen it, babe, but it's, Mm-hmm. kids in the 80s like hanging out at the mall and that was literally what my life was like minus the monsters yeah you're where you grew up reminds me of the beginning of like poltergeist where those where they that family lived in yeah. that little like community yeah, it's very like it's where they yeah. back to the future oh my god that's so that exciting um so i what everyone should know is um You know, Ron definitely had a very privileged life. His parents are, you know, very good parents, loved him. He had a very healthy relationship with his brother. He has one brother, two parents, and was very fortunate to grow up really um, in a happy family with cousins and extended family. And he's still friends with all of his friends to this day. Actually, we're on vacation with his best friend since kindergarten and his wife and Ron's the godparent of their son. Um, but what really happened was he didn't really run into trauma until he met me. No, I'm just um, <laughs> um, but I wanted to find out, um, because I've kind of talked about you being an actor sure. and why you decided from a young age to become an actor and get into TV and film. So why don't you talk about that? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've told this story before, you know, on the talk show circuit, babe. Vomit. Oh, <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I don't, I don't know. I grew up in front of the TV. I think like a lot of kids uh, of that age, um, my, my, the, the greatest joy in my life. And I think my, you know, my family's life, it was like a, an event every single week to go see whatever new movie had come out at the movie theater. And like, there was no place I was happier than, you know, eating popcorn and watching a movie. And, uh, you know, I, I would leave every movie that I saw living in that space and trying to like live the, you know, pretend I was that character for hours and hours and hours. And I just, you know, people started telling me I I should do it. And I kind of believed that I should do it. So I started acting, I think I went out to Hollywood and took my first commercial class when I was like 12 or 13. And uh, I had braces. So they had a showcase at the end for agents. The agent said, come talk to me when you get your braces off. So I did at 15. And that's when I started acting professionally. And what was, what was your first job? My first job, like my first real yeah, like your bad, real job, your first real job that you made money on uh, was a Pepsi commercial 
featuring Madonna. And this was in the 80s. It was probably around 1988. And it was the Like a Prayer Madonna video that was going to be initially released uh, on the Academy Award telecast that year. And uh, I was actually hung out with like another one of the guys my age on set was Steven Dorff. We hung out a little bit and, you know, we all just danced around with Madonna. Yeah, but that was like that that video and the commercial. Did the commercial it never well, came out or it did come out? It aired really, really briefly, and then as soon as it aired, it aired on the Academy Awards telecast, and then she subsequently released the video where she was kissing the statue of the saint and everything blew up and they pulled it. So I figure she owes me maybe fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wish we had that money now. I mean, Madonna's listening. I'm. She can write me a check. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure Madonna listens to every episode. (laughs) Um, And then, and then, so you started like you started acting. You fell in love with it. What then did you start? I mean, I know the answer to all this, but did you have? What did you do? You started doing commercials. I did commercials. So I was in high school at the time, and and my parents would drive me out. We were about thirty miles from Hollywood. We'd. Which, by the way, is far. In, in LA, far, far, very in far. LA, man. Uh, yeah. They would drive me back and forth until I got my license, and I would drive myself back and forth, and I would miss, you know, doing fun things. I would miss classes. I, I couldn't play soccer with my friends, um, you know, and my and and my very good friend, uh, like a second mom to me, Sandy, who helped me sort of get get into the business, you know, had to reiterate to me that that you had to make sacrifices. And that was a really difficult thing for me all the time, like trying to grow up and be a kid and do all those things and be a high schooler. Uh, And it wasn't always easy to like let that go and go out and do an audition. So I auditioned in high school a lot. Then I went to UCLA and I continued to audition and started getting work mostly really um, once I got to college. So when you were like, how you said you did a lot of commercials, lot of commercials. how many commercials, huh? a lot of commercials. So you were making money making at a really young for, age. For a, a kid that age. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you do with the money? Did you like Make save it, it up? Or did, I just made it rain. You made it rain. Did you go like, did you buy like skateboards? Like, what did you do with the I money? I don't know that I did much of anything with the money. I mean, I wasn't doing much. I was still hanging out in West Covina. Uh, Mm -hmm. but you know, like, I don't know. I would take my friends, my friends didn't have money. We would go to go to the movies. I'd take them to the movies or, you know, we bought a boat went with some of that commercial money. I put myself through college with that commercial money. I supported, you know, once I moved out from home to, to school, I, you know, was able to pay for all my own things for the most part. So, you know, it was just all in the service of continuing to, both go to school and be an actor. I didn't, I don't, I, I was never really saving it, but. Yeah. Well, you're, when you have money at that young age, I mean, I think that, I think that that's why so many young actors get so messed up. Cause it's like, you're so young. Yeah, you, don't well, understand. You, you don't have, you don't have, your parents aren't always around. You're hanging out with adults all the time. Uh, you're, you're treated like, you know, you're a God and you have a bunch of money that you you don't really need and you don't know how to spend. I didn't really spend any of it. I just lived my life. And I didn't really have so what, a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happened? To like cash in on all that commercial money, babe, it's not there. It's not there. God, I've been waiting for all these years thinking it was locked away somewhere. So once you, once, so you did all those commercials, then you were at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And then you got your first big role when you were in college? Uh, yeah, I was doing some TV stuff. Uh, I think I did The Nanny was when I was in college. Um, and I, th- I would say the first thing where I was like, it was like my first lead was the, um, you know, not, not the best horror film that's ever been made, but <laughs> watching it, watching it now, it's, it's quite entertaining in like a mystery science theater uh, type of way was Children of the Corn 3. And I was the lead in Children of the Corn 3. 
And and that was Charlize Theron's first movie. If correct? you can if you can say that, I I think that she's yeah. quite embarrassed whenever they have brought it up. But yeah, she. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot the movie and the ending was terrible. And so they decided to make it more exciting with a big giant reshoot. So we did reshoots. And one night, the executive producer, it was night shoots. And uh, he was bored, I think, and wanted to be entertained while he was on set all night. So he brought a bunch of very attractive models to be extras. I think he probably promised them that he would put them in a movie. So Charlize was there and... uh, I think her name was Ivana Milosevic, who's, I, I think that's how you say her name, was also there, who's actually a pretty successful actress as well. Um, and I tried to save Charlize Theron's life unsuccessfully from the corn monster. Yeah, that was a really, really good scene. I did, um, I did save a lot of lives yeah. that day, though, babe, just not Charlize's. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, you did the best you could, but then, but then once you did that movie, that's when the the roles started to come in. Well, I was, um, I was always working on this or that. And, and, you know, so I was doing a lot of TV and I do TV movies and, and I've, you know, flew off to Vancouver to do a TV movie. I flew off to, to Florida to do a TV movie. Um, Our son, the matchmaker, which is, you know, one of probably one of the best Hallmark movies ever made. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, then the year, like another TV movie, and then a year after that is when I got the TV series Legacy, which was my first series that went on the air. And what was that like? Just it was the most magical time of my life, you know, present present company excluded. Okay, you bet. I was I was waiting for you to say that. So you you got put on the series. Um, you were then on the talk show circuit, doing like Johnny and Marie. What? You were on the cover of TV Guide. Mm-hmm. What was what was that like? I mean, how old were you at that time? I was twenty five, I believe, at that time, and it was literally, it was all I had ever wanted. It was quite literally yeah. everything I had ever wanted, and I couldn't have been happier to do it. Um, it was, you know, when you are a kid and you dream of being an actor doing talk shows and interviews and, and, and showing up to set every day and traveling is, is all you ever think about. And that's what I got to do. And it was really, 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 really amazing. And were you like, at that point, were you like, cause you had a billboard on sunset, were you getting like recognized to people? Yeah. We were. Yeah, it yeah. was weird. Honestly, when it first started happening, it was weird because people would stare at me and I did. And I, I, I mean, I grew up being a very, very, very insecure, like very yeah. insecure. Um, why were you so, why were you so insecure? I don't know. You know, I think that my mother was, was always concerned about us. Her, she had parents who you know, I know you know this, we're alcoholics and abusive. And, and so she she just really wanted us to be happy. But I think a side effect of that was that, you know, she would kind of put her insecurities on us. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, there when I was younger, I really, really uh, felt like any success or attention or anything good that I did took away from other people. You know, there's that... Uh, Marianne, what's her name? Marianne Williamson. I don't ran know. for president. Like, oh, our greatest fear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking right? about. Yeah, like, but it's yeah. that we're, you know, shine. I, I, for some reason, I can't remember it right now. But like, yeah. I thought that if I shone brightly, it diminished those around me rather than giving them permission to shine as well. So I, I. I sort of hid my light and tried to sort of be as inconspicuous as I possibly could until I believed that I deserved to be that way. And so it was weird when people started paying attention. I didn't know how to take it and I, I didn't know what they were staring at. And, uh, but, you know, interacting with people who saw the show and appreciate it is, I mean, that's, that's the reason you do it is to, to make people's lives a little better. I mean, what's so crazy about it is, you know, just being a kid and wanting so much from a really young age to become famous also and be a working actress. And, you know, I dreamed of of uh, 
being, you know, having a billboard on sunset like you did or being on a TV show. And it didn't, it didn't work out for me. Well, it didn't work out for me either, babe. Well, we'll get into that, (laughs) but it did work out for you. And something like I always like to remind you is like the percentage of people on this planet that have actually like can ever say that they were on a, a TV show or you know, a working actor, there's like thousands of people that move to Hollywood every day or every year, not every day, but to pursue acting. And it's something that, you know, you're really good at. And, um, and I, I mean, I'm really proud of you that, that you have continued to pursue it all these years. And even through like all the hard times and the things that we've had to go through, um, together in the 20 plus years. So what actually ended up happening? So you were, you were on the series and then you did another on the series, series and, and then, the series got can- yeah. canceled. Um, uh-huh. You know, and I just want to say, and that's, that's really the most important thing that I didn't understand at that time that I, I understood later is how fortunate I was to be able to do what I was doing and how, ha- you know, I think when you're young and you're successful and people are kissing your butt and, you know, telling you everything you do is great, you don't appreciate it and you don't really have gratitude for it in the moment. And, and that's, you know, people ask all the time, like, what is, what is the best advice you can give to an actor just starting out? And that is, honestly, that maybe is the most important thing is just to approach everything with, with gratitude and appreciate every moment because, you know, once I, I started not working as much, uh, I really started to understand how lucky I was. So anyway, yeah, yeah I mean, go ahead. We, we both, we both know so many, so many actors, you know, that have continued to pursue the business year. I mean, we're in our forties for years and years and years, and it's a business of constantly being rejected, constantly being told, you know, you're not good enough or you don't look a certain way. You don't look a certain, a certain part. And what's hard is we have two daughters and one of them I'm pretty convinced definitely wants to go into show business. And we really both don't want that for her, but I, I don't, I don't think we're going to have much of a choice in a few years because she really loves it. Right. Um, I would say that, um, I would say that, you know, that's the, that's the attitude that most people have is that you're not, you know, they're telling you you're not good enough. You're telling you you're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough or whatever. You're not young enough. But, you know, once you, once you can let go and realize that that's not what they're telling you and, and, and that this applies to every aspect of life. Like, you know, I did, every audition I took that rejection and, and I believe that's what they were saying is that I wasn't good enough and there was someone better than me, but you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of people who audition for every part and only one person is going to get it. Only one person is the guy. And if that doesn't mean that all of those people weren't good enough or didn't do a good job, you, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough, you know, after legacy, I, I was, you know, the lead in an uh, NBC pilot and got to be on the other side of the couch. And, and it's not about being the best actor. It's about just being the right person. And, you know, our very good friend, another guest on this show, Brian Pote was, you know, that's where I met him was the first time I met him was in the audition room for that TV show. And there were a lot of very talented actors who came in the room and I was reading with them. And then he walked into the room and he didn't have to do anything because he was just that he was the person. That's so interesting that you say that because, um, looking back now, you know, I, I say it, but like every episode, so I'm going to say it again. I don't know how many episodes I'm in into the, into this podcast, but I think I'm in like my high twenties of podcasts. And I always say everything happens for a reason. And I think for me personally, I just, it wasn't in the cards for me to do that. I was so insecure. I, I was so like, I had, I mean, I do believe this in myself that I had the talent, but I was one of those people that was so hung up on uh, like, I'm not good enough. And like some of the things that you said, and 
looking back on it, it's kind of like, yeah, it didn't happen for me. But I think about if I just had the confidence that I do now in my 40 year old self, and I could get tell myself the things that I know now, maybe it would have turned out differently for me. But I also think that I'm not somebody that could have dealt with Mm -hmm. people staring at me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, just, you know, that way that people are where they're so obsessed with celebrities. And it's, it's a very strange world. And it's very weird. And I know that I've been like in our earlier years together, we would go, I remember going places and people would recognize you. I remember being in a different country one time and we were eating dinner. We might've even been in Mexico or something. Do you remember no, this? I remember. Somebody was like staring at you. And I was like, why are they staring uh, we at were you? In, just, we were in Santa Barbara, remember? And solving. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just thought it was so weird. And then we, then you realized like they recognized you from no, some TV I also show. Think that they thought I was someone else. Oh no, I don't think that, but it was, it, it is definitely an interesting life. And, you know, um, the fact that you have continued all these years to continue to pursue it. So let's kind of like pivot into a little bit later in life okay. after you, after you like had the success as an actor and then unfortunately you met me <laughs> and then kind of <laughs> it all fell apart. It all fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about, should we tell my audience about how we met? And we'll, I'll tell my story and then you tell your story. Or do you want to tell your story? No, you can go ahead. Please tell it. Your, okay, your show, it's your show. Yeah, whatever. Because I can always edit stuff out. I've said that. <laughs> so, um, so as like what I've talked about a lot, um, we, I was, I had moved to Hollywood to pursue acting and, I was a professional cocktail waitress and bartender. You weren't, that would you get weren't really professional. I was horrible. I was horrible. It's, I, mean, I, was I the literally worst can't ever. even imagine getting you like a sitting down to dinner or a drink and you mm-hmm. being the person who was about, oh, to, about to take care of me. Yeah, I, my family, I, my family still makes fun I think of me. That, I think that auto gratuity was probably invented for you. Yeah, thanks. That's so nice of you. I know I was horrible at it. <laughs> But so I met you at that point. I was dating. I was dating somebody else, Mm -hmm. somebody a little bit famous. Mm -hmm. And you became infatuated with me. I'm just joking. I was dating someone else when we met. I met you. uh, Ron and I met at the opening of a of a of a bar in Hollywood, right next to the Egyptian theater. And there was a a fashion show going on at the time. And it was like a bunch of celebrities and um, one of those like, wannabe you know, celebrities, wannabe celebrities, wannabe actresses like me trying to, you know, impress everybody. We were young, we were in our twenties. And I remember my, my friend Consuela was like, Oh, you have to come out tonight. This is like the heart hottest party. And then we're going to go up to the Hills and there's going to be parties afterwards. So I was like, I don't really want to go out. I, you know, like I was, I was into this person that I was seeing at the time. He was very, very famous. I was pretend famous and he was one of the biggest stars in the world. And, and so we, um, I remember going out and I walked into this club And I, I saw you and like, we looked at each other and I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, he's so handsome. I thought, you know, just living in Hollywood, there was, there's just so many people like attractive guys, women, you're trying to impress everybody. And it, you know, at that time it was like, if, if I knew that somebody might've been on a show or something, I was like, oh God, they're probably just a complete jerk. Why even waste your time? But I did stare at you from across the bar and I just thought you were very, very handsome. Hold on. You're finally admitting to this for the first time on your podcast. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say I was drooling like you were, but I was like, Oh, that guy's cute. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he was with, you were with the co-star from your show legacy. Mm -hmm. And then we, I don't, I don't, I do know that we kind of locked eyes and we started talking 
and uh, no, the girl that yeah, was with okay. me sorry no i'm gonna let you the girl you. that was with me said you said oh you have such beautiful blue eyes and the girl that was with me said thanks <laughs> and it's one of my favorite stories I know it's and, story. yeah, yeah yeah and you know we were we we that's the night we met and then we started dating shortly thereafter and we went through you know a year of me it was hard because i was very immature in my 20s i you know i've talked openly about um about my issues growing up and you know i went through a lot and and have severe abandonment issues. And I think that when I was really young, I was in my twenties, I was probably like a teenager, you know, I was like a decade behind. Mm -hmm. And, but I will say now, like looking back on it, and I've probably never admitted this to you before that I, that it was like love at first sight. It was like probably two souls that have known each other in the past and were probably meant to be I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but no. that's how no. I feel. Okay, you tell your story. <laughs> Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, no, you know, I, and I, I'm, I am a bit fascinated by the whole, re, you know, this, the reincarnation idea and sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the, there's this idea that you kind of, there's a sign that you, you know, when you agree, like it's time, your time to meet, you're going to, it's going to happen. And, and sure, I would say that that probably was, and my story is not too different from yours. We were there. I, I, I you know, it was a fun party and me and my friends were there and. I was single at the time and ready to mingle. Um, yeah, you were. But I, you know, I had been mingling and I, I, I didn't want to just meet anybody at the time. I, I was, you know, ready to meet someone who was really interesting and worth spending time with. Um, instead, I met you. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I remember I was in the courtyard and, and, and you walked out. And I, I thought you were very pretty as well. And we did lock eyes. Um, you know, my story is that you, you know, tripped over yourself staring at me what? and then came no, over no, and, and talked to my friend just to talk to me, which is definitely true. 
Um, <laughs> this is not true. It is. Go on. But yeah, it, you know, you were a handful. Mm-hmm. You were definitely a handful. You were, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're while doing what you did and do it. You know, I think I was, I was listening to another podcast with some famous people on it and they were all talking about like moving out to LA and like their, you know, that process and how hard it is for anyone to make that leap and make that journey. And for you to have done what you did and, and make it alone, you know, not really knowing anyone and not having a place to land. It's, it's such a brave and terrifying ordeal. Um, you know, but your life could have been a little bit more organized at the time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, if you, if you ever want to look up the definition of hot mess, <laughs> In the dictionary, it would probably have been me in my 20s. I was very, very into net, going to the clubs, partying. I was out a lot. Um, I think that when we met, it just was kind of like, I, I believe that that was like kind of my like reel it in time. And I'm grateful that we did meet because you were kind of more like on the straight side than I was. I was the wild one that wanted to party and go to like the nightclubs late and go to parties in the hills. And you weren't like that, which is actually exhausting. Yeah. It was actually really refreshing because all the other actors on TV shows or anybody that I had met, that's all they wanted to do. That's where you were. Yeah. That's where I was, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we, we met and we dated for like a long years, a long time. And I watched the, I watched you go through and we went through really hard years in life mm-hmm. and together. And we, you know, meeting in your twenties, we really grew up together. And, um, and I think Part of why I wanted you to come on the podcast, aside from being just a fascinating guest. I am very fascinating. Just just to talk about, you know, that relationships and marriage is not always easy. And, you know, the people that, you know, I always say, like, it's my Facebook life or it comes across like, oh, our life is so perfect. We have this, we have that materialistic thing or whatever it is, or we look a certain way from the outside. but. You know, you and I went to have gone through a lot of stuff in our relationship. And I think it was really difficult for both of us. Like I walked away from my dream of pursuing acting because I realized that I needed to, I, it wasn't going to happen for me, especially then. And I, and I watched you kind of like get jobs. I mean, you've consistently been a working actor it's from the age of 16 until, you know, 40, I'm not going to say the exact age. And I'm just always so proud of you that you have continued to work your butt off. I mean, you worked in bars for years and years as a bartender. And we did. And now, you know, in the past probably five years have uh, shifted into really successful um, realtor. And I'm super proud of you, but, you know, we had a lot of really difficult years where we went through a lot of stuff together. That is true. So, um, do you want to touch on that or do you want me to? I mean, you, you, you can elaborate in any way that you see fit, babe. It's your show. I I don't know. I just think, I think that, um, you know, like something that like I'm so grateful for is like, you always have been there for me. And I think, like we are lucky because we do have each other and we are best friends, but it doesn't mean that we don't like hate each other and we don't fight. Like I think I already told you, I don't like you today. Probably that happens a lot. Uh, No, I will say, you know, when we met and again, you're, you know, the reason that we're all here right now today in this podcast is because of the things that you went through. And I had never, suffered any kind of major loss. I think at that point in my life, the only person I had lost was my, my mom's father, my grandfather, um, you know, which was hard, but 
he he was he wasn't young, so it wasn't like a, a devastating loss. Whereas you had lost a sister and you'd lost your father, and and short, you know, when we met, you were still that little girl who never recovered from that that loss and what it did to your entire family and the the rest of your childhood. And, you know, you were really in, in the, in the midst of kind of trying to break out of that and become a real like functioning adult. And then you lost Julie and it kind of knocked you back again. And it just seemed, you know, again, you've had to go through so much and, and for someone like me who hasn't, um, it's not always easy to understand where you're coming from. And it's not always easy to understand, you know, the way you react to things and where, you know, I, I can understand where they're coming from, but I don't, I don't live in that sort of mindset. I've never had to thank God. Um, but yeah, it creates, it creates some conflict. Yeah. And I think too, there's a part of me that I feel resentful you know, and we've talked about this, about the fact that you haven't, you know, and that's not something I'm proud of. I think that it's something that I think anybody that's encountered a hard amount of things throughout their life um, or loss or abuse or whatever it is, it's difficult when they have a partner, I think that hasn't and doesn't understand. And so Sometimes we find ourselves like, especially we're so lucky, you know, we went through, you know, years of being together. We got married. We have, we're very grateful to have our two daughters, um, 11 and seven and, you know, just like our family, which we're so lucky to have, but you know, it's difficult when you think differently when you've had different experiences in life. And then, you know, you're forced into a situation where you live with the person and what one's from Mars and one is from Venus. For sure. And then on top of that, you know, the past few years, just going through, I've talked about this on uh, the podcast where I just kind of went to the place of like, I think it just all erupted. I think all of the major amounts of like trauma abandonment. And then I had the friend situation, which just completely devastated me, just brought it all up to like the, like, I I don't know how to go on, you know, like, I don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't want to live. And, you know, that's hard. And it was hard on you to have to go through this stuff. And so when you're a partner to somebody that's dealing with, um, you know, all the issues that I did, what would you, how did you do that? Like, how do you deal with that? I know it's not easy. Well, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm the the best example of how to deal with it. Because again, l- like I said, I, I don't have a starting point to understand it. You know, I think you yell at me all the time about, you know, me just telling you to snap out of it, which again, I don't ever tell you to snap out of it. Um, I, I do encourage letting go of things, um, which is not your, your strongest suit. (laughs) Um, you know, for, for me, and it hasn't always been easy. And this was part of like my evolution as a person and as an actor and, and was learning that not every thing was the end of the world and not everything meant that, you know, your life was over. It's like, um, what was your, your guest who wrote, this is not, what was it? This is not your story. This is not, this is not the end. Um, You know, fantastic. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, you know, all of these little, this is are not the end. And, and, Mm -hmm. but but, I, you know, and I saw this with my mother who, again, like I said, she went through abuse. She went through alcoholic parents and had a horrible childhood. Um, you know, I don't think that she suffered loss like you did. So it was different. But when she reached, you know, her middle age for then and I was in high school, she she had a very hard time because all of that stuff 
started to come up. So I recognize the pattern of it happening. And I think it happens to a lot of people who go through hard times and, and you, you spend your 20s pretending everything is okay and that you know everything and you can do everything. Then you spend your 30s like getting your life together and like becoming an adult and, and working and, and raising a family. And, and then you get to the point where like you just can't do it anymore. And it all has to come out because you, you haven't dealt with it and you've just pretended it wasn't there, but it's all still there. So people have to deal with it. And, and we spend most of our lives pretending that nothing is wrong and, and not until it can't be ignored anymore. And it just, there's never a time, there's never a person when it, that's going to successfully, you know, escape it forever until you face it. So true. It, it's it's not, so true. It's not going away. Um, you know, so it, when w- over the last two years has been incredibly difficult, um, you know, but I, I'm so proud of everything that you've you've done and how far you have come. Obviously, no, you know, no journey is over. And I think there's still a lot of work to do. And I have a lot of work to do. But, you know, it. I just tried... I didn't do as good a job as I could have, but I tried to keep everything running until you could sort of get back on your feet, I guess is the yeah, best I can and I, do. And I, and, I, and I thank you for that because I don't, I don't think I tell you enough. I mean, like how grateful I am for you and. Um, you don't tell me enough, babe. I, I didn't know. I don't tell you enough. And it, it has been like, that's, I mean, that's part of why I started the podcast. So I could just be transparent and real and, you know, hopefully other people out there that are, you know, going through issues or struggling in a relationship or struggling in life and doubting, like wanting to go on. It is so true. And Nina's book to bring it up again, it's it what it, it's like, this is only a fraction of time. Yeah. And I think about that all the time because there's been so many fractions of our relationship and our, and our life together that have just been so, so happy. And, you know, we, we, I mean, we are best friends and we are so happy and we do have this amazing um, family that is all I really ever dreamed of. But I think that people just need to know that life isn't always going to be easy and, I think the more real you are and talking about things or if you need to be in therapy, everybody can benefit from therapy, I think. Sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I think that, yeah, those, the, the, all those things can freeze you, you know, all those little thises and those moments, if you let it, then you just get stuck. Right. And I think a lot of people end up. Yeah. And I think too, I was, we were actually at dinner last night with our, with our friends and, um, I was talking about, we were talking about a movie or something. And I was, and I was telling her about how one time in our early in our relationship, I would, we would see like a movie, like a sad movie, whether it be like in our apartment at the time or in the movie theater. And I would like break down. Like I, yeah, the whole, the whole I, night would be over and you would just go back. Yeah. It would immediately take you back to your dad dying. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like hyperventilate and I just couldn't breathe. And, you know, it's so true what you said. And I think I've talked about it is you go through life and you're just like, well, I have this to look forward to. And then I have that to look forward to. And then, you know, you have like for us, like we had, I was like, I wanted to be a mom and get married so much. And I wanted to like have my baby. And then I wanted another baby. And then you get a dog and then you want another dog. I didn't want another dog. I know you don't, he, Ron is not a fan of, I do not want another dog. He's not a fan of Jurassic Park, (laughs) um, which by the way is the worst behaved dog on the planet, but I love her. Thank God Um, God we're in another country from her right now. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, it is, it is, it's so true that it's like what you said, it's like uh, continuing to kind of put band-aids on things until it erupts and it eventually will. Um, So yeah. I mean, I, I did want to kind of like pivot a little bit and talk about you and like what your, what your plans are for the future. <laughs> are you plan- no, are you planning on like, cause you're still acting. 
because I want to say that also um, COVID has been really horrible for actors because there were no jobs, but Uh, look, look, um, the doors never closed for anything unless you let it be closed. Right. mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I, it's not an easy business to have longevity in. And I, 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 I've done it for over 30 years and you know, I haven't really worked for a while, but that's because I've put my focus elsewhere to take care of my family. Um, you know, which thankfully is, has gone really well. Uh, no, my, I, I would say, no, that door is not closed. It, it's open whenever, whenever someone needs me to walk through it. And there's a time when, when I will put more focus on that and, and really kind of put my energy into it again, you never, you know, and I know that you know this, once you're an artist, you never stop being an artist. And, you know, it sounds pretentious to talk about it that way, but, you know, that's, actors are artists. The problem with being an actor is that you can't just go act, right? Like you need permission. You need a stage, you need an audience. Otherwise, you, you know, you, you can't just go play guitar. You can't just sing a song, right? You can't paint a picture. I mean, it's true. And like, that's part of like what, I mean, being creative, being an actor, being the way that we are, it's just part of your being, you know? And part of why I was, I mean, I was in corporate America. I've talked about this. I was miserable. And the end I had, And then I was like, I was going to have a nervous breakdown. And I realized that I had been creative for the entire first half of my life, doing plays, singing, acting. And then I was like, I need, I'm missing that. I'm missing that piece of myself and to, to be able to do this again and like interview people and talk to people. And it's like a creative piece of me that was missing. And for you, it's like an actor acts. So just because you're not, you know, working on a show now, doesn't mean that you can't go do a play or you can't like, and and, yeah, for sure. And that's, it's there. It's always there. It's always there. And it's always in, in me. Um, and and it is, it is hard uh, to reconcile a, a life where you're not doing it. Um, but, but again, you know, there are things that, that I have to do to make sure that we're all still living and, you know, but it's there and and I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever is next because I know that there's, there's something very exciting ahead. I believe that too. And I believe like as an actor, like I've talked to you about this, like you've evolved so much, like from the time I would watch you in your twenties doing, you know, or even younger when you were doing children of the corn three or whatever it was like all of the life experiences have that, that I think you've gone through have turned you into this, like, you're just a really gifted, amazing actor. And I'm not just saying that because in case a casting director's <laughs> listening wants to cast you, like, I but really believe are. that about you. Yes, call me. Uh, I really believe that about you. I think I love I love to watch you work and act and and I just I obviously think you're the most handsome person on the planet. So uh-huh. thanks, bro. I don't know. I I just I I'm proud of everything that you've done career wise. I'm proud of all of the years that you struggled and you know like you were working in a bar and. And it's hard being married to me because I grew up like a child going to the country club and, you know, going to boarding school and we've had our, our years of struggling. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I like, I know that nobody wants to hear us talk about our marriage forever, but, um, if there's one thing that I could say about, um, you and just being married is, always try to like support each other. And I think that you're the most kind and supportive person I know. And I don't, I don't think very many people are like you and you're really special. And I know that you know that about yourself, but I wanted to (laughs) tell me. 
Thanks. Thanks. Um, what in closing? Yes. What What are some What are some tips if I if you did were to meet like a young kid that wanted to become an actor? What were, What are some tips that you would give them? Gosh. Just move work, to Hollywood. Work, 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 or do it. Yeah. Act whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Take find a class that works for you and 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 do it as much as you can. Um, again, have a backup plan. Would you say have a backup plan? I wouldn't say have a backup plan. I would say it'd be good to get a college degree just in case you need to pivot yeah. at some point. Um, yeah. You know, with the, my biggest problem, and I think the reason, one of the reasons that I, I didn't get where I wanted to is I was really bad at taking direction and advice. And that was part mm-hmm. of my insecurity and just be open and, and, tr- and let it out there. Don't be afraid. Don't just go for it every single time and let it all go. I mean, that's it. That's, and, we're, and would you say like work really hard? Don't get, absolutely. don't get distracted. By- yeah, always. Of course, you know, yeah. you can have fun and you can be a person and be a human being and enjoy enjoy every second of it. But you know, it, it, you've got to respect the fact that whenever you get a job, like there are people relying on the story you're telling. And there, there are hundreds of people relying on you doing your job for them to live their lives, right? Like for every one stupid, shallow, self-centered actor on a set, there's a hundred people who show up every day to, to not be famous and to not make as much money as you're making, but just to be a part of telling the story. And that's an incredible, incredible gift. Yeah. What, what do you think um, you're most proud of in life? <laughs> like, like what are you fishing. most proud of? You're fishing like, now. No, I'm not fishing. Are you talking I'm about saying, in like, acting or in life? Just in life. Like, what are you most proud of in your 40 something years on this planet? Are you proud of being an actor? Like, are you proud of the things that you've done? Like, I don't, I don't know that I think of anything like that. I'm, I'm grateful for everything I've done. Uh, I'm grateful to have, you know, to have you and our, our babies and I'm grateful for the, the friends and, and, and family that we have around us. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think in a way of being proud of anything. I'm just, grateful for the experience at this point. You, do you believe in signs? I know the answer to this. Of course I do. Yes. What's a sign that you know that, you know, somebody might be around like mine is the butterfly. We all know that. I mean, and you're about to just really get into it because the trip to where we're going right now is it's butterfly migration season here. It's incredible. Like right now, yeah. I'm looking at hundreds of butterflies and also a few birds eating them. Anyway, um, 11. Nice. 11 is my sign. Whenever it's 111 or 1111, uh, it's like a signpost telling me I'm in the right direction. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew 11 was your number. No, whenever I see it, I can just take a breath and trust everything's going to be okay. And do you believe in, are you, are you spiritual? Of course I am. Yeah. I mean, I know that, but you believe in God. But wow. One of the jokes is that we've t- I've talked about in a podcast is after we're, we've, we're not on this planet anymore. We're not together. Cause you said you don't no, want no, to no, be no. married. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, lo- I'm not yeah. locking anything down for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be like George Clooney. We can hang out. Life. We can hang out we'll in the next life. Or we can be sister, okay. sister and brother, or brother and I don't know what we're okay. going to be. It's I mean, okay because in, in my next life, I'm going to be with John Mayer. No, and in your next life, you're probably going to be a, a gay man. You're going to be the. the well, you know. that, yeah, I'm going to be going back into from my past life being a gay Jewish man. Yes. To once again going yeah, yeah. into so that. You can again. be brothers, or you can be like my yeah. my best gay best friend. Oh my God, that's that so. That part awesome. is already taken. Know. I've got several gay best friends in this life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, and by the way, something to touch on is that's one of the reasons I love you so much is because you know half of my friends are gay men and most straight men have such issues with. Yeah. But you know, most of those friends who are gay men, you met through me. 
That's probably well, Brian. Who else? Steven. Michael. Josh. No. Steven. Oh, Steven and Brian. Yeah. And Michael. Michael and Josh were my friends. You can, although you we can, met Josh. Yes, you. We met okay, Josh. Whatever. I was at that party that you guys talked about. Wayne. Wayne and I. Well, Wayne. Yeah. Evan. We were on the. Okay. Anyway. All right. Anyway, we digress. Um. Well, Ronald Melendez. I sure do love you. I sure am proud of you. Thanks, babe. Love and I sure you. am thankful that I that, that we're together in this life. Yeah. Although I guess it's not going to work out in the next life. Um, and in closing, keep living, keep praying, and keep growing. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.